Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for another episode of the Steelers Preview where we preview a lot of stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff, and some of it has nothing to do with football, but I think it's a pretty darn fun show. And with me, as always, are my co-hosts, the dynamic duo, Brian Davis, Dave Schofield. Brian, happy Valentine's Day. You're wearing your red. It looks good. Thank you very much. I had a pink tie on top of the red today. My wife yelled at me. So really what it comes down to is the fact that on Valentine's Day, I'm with the ones that I love. You and Dave. <laughs> so there that you go. Speaks and volumes may, about your and love life. <laughs> may, may I do a very special Valentine's Day message to both of you. I hope Cupid hits you square in the ass with love. That's nice. Thank you very much. All right, Dave, <laughs> Dave, you're donning our Dilly Dilly shirt that was run on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's not red, but it's perfectly fine for the occasion. How are you this evening? I'm going to give you about the best impersonation I can of Brian Anthony Davis. How I'm doing this evening can be summed up with when earlier in this week when we were dealing with our weather issues and kids were home from school and we decided to have some nice, fun family board game time as I was taking my wonderful spin in the game of life, the classic version, have you, as I landed in between a payday and a daughter is born, I landed smack in the bit in the middle on the square that says business is booming. <laughs> there you go. And okay. unfortunately that payout is only uh, $100,000 in the game of life, which is approximately equal to uh, one target of AB in 2018. There you go. And that's a perfect segue into what we're going to start the show off with. We have to talk about Antonio Brown, but we don't want to beat a dead horse because I feel like, you know, the standard is a standard. Lance and I talked about him. Um, I talked about him at on my Steelers Burning Question show last night. If you haven't checked out any of those shows or the, the Hangover, I know Brian talked about him on Monday. Check those out. I think that Dave, he ran an article today on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com that I thought was very appropriate, and I thought it was very good for fans to kind of think about and talk about, discuss. We all know what's going on. We know that there's a really good chance that Antonio Brown is gone next year, but the question on hand is, what do you think they should get for him? Because everyone's talking, and it's, it's hysterical to me when I see athletes like Tyron Matthew saying, oh, AB, come play at Houston. He's not a free agent, people. He's not going to get to choose where he plays. The Steelers are going to trade him to where they see fit and to where they think they're going to get the best bang for their buck in return. So do they think that if the Patriots said, we'll give you a first-round pick, they're probably going to say no because they don't want Antonio Brown playing for the Patriots. So I digress. Dave, we'll go with you first. You wrote the article. You have the inside edge here. What do you think would be good a good return for Antonio Brown in a trade? And do you have any teams on, the, on, on your head that you're like, I could see him going here, and here's why. Go for it. All right. Well, the way the article was set up was I actually asked people to, to, to do – three things one is playing gm for the day what would you go out seeking the second thing was uh give me something that if a team approached you you would take it in other words a lesser deal something you might not necessarily want and then the third thing was what do you do if you can't trade him so what in the article what i said i would start with is 
some people even think this might be too low, but I, I would go right to Oakland who has three first round picks. I would even target their lowest first round pick, which is the 27th, which they got from Dallas. And I would say, you know what? You traded Amari Cooper for this pick. How would you in essence like to basically trade Amari Cooper for Antonio Brown? where the only thing that that's different for you is how much you're going to have to pay him in the salary. So I would start off, I would like a first round pick. I'd love for it to be really high, but I'd even take the bottom of the first round if that's what it had to be. But you're thinking that a first round pick is something the Steelers will actually get for Antonio Brown. Oh, that's not what I think they'll actually get. Well, that's, that's what, what I, I want to that, start if I was that's negotiating. What I wanna, that's fine. I, I want to know, I want to know, get? I want to know what gonna, you realistically think. I realistically think that they should stand their ground and not trade him for for anything less than a top of the second round pick or something packaged together. Uh, one scenario that I even put is I know that the Steelers are wanting to add picks. They're not wanting to swap picks. But if someone in in the top 10 of the draft said, hey, we will we, we, we will take Antonio Brown and your first round pick at 20 for you to move up. That is something that I would consider. But honestly, I'm not I'm not looking to just to just ditch him for nothing because he can that's just going to set a bad precedent that way. Just make sure you get what you want because he's under contract for three years, even if he's going to be a pain. Yeah. Brian, let's go to you. What do you think? Where would you start if you're the GM? And then what do you think is realistic? I agree with Dave and I disagree with Dave. I agree with Dave in the fact that they should get a number one pick for him. I would not, uh, I would not uh, say, Hey, take our number one pick and we'll move up to 10. Look, this guy is a pro bowl player. He is a difference maker. We saw it in the stats. His stats have not waned or declined in any way. He is the best playmaker as far as a wide receiver in the league right now, and maybe possibly the best playmaker. It's a guy overall. This guy had 15 touchdowns last year. I mean, you got a number one for Amari Cooper, who is nowhere can touch the progress or, I mean, yeah. I'm so speechless right now because I can't think of anything but a number one pick for this guy. And I don't think they're going to trade him for a number two pick. I don't think they would. In fact, they should get a number one and they should get a two or a three next year or a two or three in this draft. They really should. Realistically, what I think is going to happen, I think a team's going to pony up. I don't think the San Francisco 49ers are going to give their second overall pick away, but I think they would go ahead and uh, trade down with another team and then trade that pick. I could see that as a possibility, but I think he is worth a number one. I think they could get a number one, even despite the baggage, because you know, Dave's right. A team like the Raiders, they'd be willing to do it. 49ers would be willing to do it. The Jets would be willing to do it. And these are teams that need help and here's another team out there that nobody talks about but the Detroit Lions they have Kenny Galladay and that's it remember Golden Tate's gone they have nothing I would look at that team as well and if if they're really worth their salt and they're not trying to dump a guy they're gonna get it but the thing is they have the power they could just say Antonio 
They want a two for you. They're only giving a two up for you. We're not willing to part with a talent like yours. And you know how Antonio flip-flops back and forth. If he finds out that he's worth only a two, he'll apologize and he'll change his tune and say, you know, I'll stick around. Yeah, I don't know. I, when the domestic violence thing came out, I, I definitely saw that, in my opinion, the percentage of him coming back went up just because his trade value would go down. The Steelers might not be able to get what they thought would be a good return for him. Then he sends out the tweet, and I, I got to think that the Steelers are just sick and tired of his antics, personally. Um, with that said, I would hope that they can get a first-round pick. If not a first-round pick, I would take a, a, a high second-round pick and a player. Um, and that, that's going to be crucial for me. And it has to be a player that is a good player that can come in and help the team. Doesn't necessarily have to be a wide receiver. Maybe it's a quarterback. And then, no, I'm not talking Patrick Peterson because he would carry like an $11 million contract bonus and you'd have to add that to the dead money and that would just eat up a lot of cash space. But maybe it's a safety. Maybe, I don't know, that could be any position. It could be an outside linebacker. Um, I, I, if they do the second round choice, it'd have to come with a player as well. It's going to have to be a package. If you're just talking draft picks, then I think it's got to be at least a one, a, a first round pick. And honestly, I don't care... It doesn't have to be a top 10 pick. It can be anywhere in the first. Okay. It could be 18, 17 with two first round picks. You have some power. You can trade up. You can trade back. You can, you can really maximize what you're capable of doing as a general manager. If we're playing general manager for the day. So that's what I think. Realistically, I think he is going to get traded. Um, I'm trying to think where he would likely go. Some are talking about Buffalo. As an option, and the funny thing is, I'm, I'm hoping to finish an article for tomorrow that is essentially about how anyone that wants to be a buyer for Antonio Brown needs to beware, because guess how many touchdowns he's caught from quarterbacks not named Ben Roethlisberger? Zero. That's very exactly zero, and it's not that Ben hasn't missed yep. time. It's not that Ben hasn't missed time. He's been injured. He's missed time. So you know, Charlie Batch, Michael Vick. Uh, Byron Leftwich, uh, I could go on Josh O'Dobbs this season. All those guys threw passes, and none of them complete. Uh, Landry Jones, how did I forget that stuff? Say, where's Landry Jones? Uh, what a stud he was. Um, I, you know, with him, it's it just what he has never caught a touchdown pass from someone other than Ben Roethlisberger. Don't think, and I, I don't know if Antonio Brown's camp, if, they, if they're smart, they're saying, Look, man, if they ship you to Arizona. You're going to have Josh Rosen as your quarterback. It's not that Josh Rosen's awful and he's not going to be a good player. But this is going to be a second-year quarterback. And you know what Antonio Brown is like when he doesn't get the football and when he doesn't get his way. He'll be pissed. He'll be throwing stuff on the sideline, and it'll be a nightmare. So you know what? A part of me thinks ship him away to some crappy team, get a good return, and watch him just go off into oblivion. He'll make a play here or there, but he won't have anything near what he had in Pittsburgh. Why? Because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So there you have it. Uh, Brian, quick question for you, though. Is there a team that you have or a couple teams? Like I just said, Buffalo. Uh, there's been a couple others, San Francisco. If you were to pick an ideal situation and you can be a little bit evil here like I was, <laughs> who would you send Antonio Brown to? I'd send him to Detroit. But Matthew Stafford is a, is a good quarterback. I don't want him to succeed. Okay. I want him to crash and burn. Okay, well then, then, uh, 
Then I would go ahead and send him to Buffalo. Okay. One, let him freeze his butt off. <laughs> and two, I mean, I know they've they've got a they have a second year quarterback there, but still he's it's the same. It will be the same as the Rosen situation. Um, I just don't think that uh, he would fare well there. And I think he, you're right. He would completely freak out. But one more thing about Antonio Brown, if he really wants traded, my best advice to him right now is just shut up. Every time he opens his mouth, every time he tweets, he actually hurts his trade value. So just stop talking if you want out. I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's trying to screw the Steelers. He has no power in this situation, so the worst he can do is cause drama, make it look like he's a distraction so that the Steelers might get less for him, and they want him out. I think he's doing it on purpose. I really do believe that. Well, you've no, got to that's... remember one other thing. Um, I I refuse to watch the video. I mean, I read the tweet, but I didn't actually watch his highlight video that he that he put out there. When did he send that out? That was right uh, when he didn't show up to court for his high speed. Ah, that's true. That true. He that's... didn't show up to court, and now that's not the story. The story is him putting out the video. Yeah, and I also thought it was funny not to pile on AB here, but he's the only guy probably on the team that would put out a thank you to the fans and show nothing but highlights of himself. And I said this on my show last night. If you follow Antonio Brown on Instagram, this guy is really good with his fans. I mean, he'll go to the gym downtown Pittsburgh or wherever he is, and there'll be people waiting and he'll sign autographs. And he always gets a video of them, you know, saying, AB, we love you and stuff. You're telling me you couldn't go into your archives, take some of those story videos, put them all together and put an actual thank you to the fans. No, his thank you to the fans is look at my highlights. Look at me. Like, that's what he is. It's a look at me thing. So. A part of me is just just like with Le'Veon Bell. We talked. I talked about it with Lance Williams on last Sunday. Just cut the cancer out. Period. Get rid of him. Is it you know, Dave? I understand what you're saying in regards to his talent level and having him stay. Do we really want him to stay though? I really do. We want him to stay. Uh no. But at the same time, you're not going to give him away. No, no, no. I understand. They're not going to release him. But no, same, I mean, yeah. for you're not going to say, oh, yeah, we'll take a third round pick. Some people are like, oh, I'd do it for a sixth. You know, some of the the, the beat writers um, that he's taken issue with in the past are saying, just get it, get anything you can for him. A conditional seventh, you know, no, no, there's no reason to do that. It's not, you know, I'd rather I'd rather just make him say, hey, we're going to fine you. We're going to suspend you if you step out of line at all. And we'll continue to possibly look to trade you up through the trade deadline of next season as long as you behave. Yeah. If Joe Flacco can get a fourth, you think that Antonio Brown could at least get a first. And I know that yeah, I he should get, he should get yeah. six firsts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, do you have anything else before we move on? No, I just feel bad for Antonio Brown. And the reason I feel bad is he is just killing himself here. There's something seriously wrong with this man going on in his head. And he's just not right. But uh, he's taking a lot of people down with him. I wish he had the perspective. I wish he had somebody to take him by the hand and uh, say, you know, look, think about everything before you do it. But he doesn't. Obviously, he doesn't, and he's sabotaging the team and sabotaging himself all at the same time. 
what song was it that had take me by the hand as lyrics ah i'll think of it Oh, Brian, you should know that. That's an 80s. Yeah, I know. Is that part, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish? No, I mean, he does, hold my hand. Take that's you by the hand. hand. No, he says, I'll take you by the hand in the song. Not that one. Hold it's my like hand. A, it's like an 80s song. That's why I asked Brian. I thought he would know. Oh, um, take me by the hand. UB40. There you go. UB40. Um, here I am, baby. Come and take me. Take me <laughs> by the hand. So, so actually, early 90s. zero original songs. They are all remakes. Yeah. So who's early the original 90s. of that one? That I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, you stopped Brian. That's that's incredible. Okay, so that quick sidebar. Let's get to Dave Schofield's uh, Stat Geek segment where he's going to ask us a bunch of questions about stats, quiz us, see if we know our or have done our homework, so to speak. So, Dave, whenever you're ready, fire away. All right, here we go. Um, since we are looking at the outside linebacker position tonight, we are going to go with uh, what most people look as for what they want from an outside linebacker, and that is stat, uh, stats. <laughs> yeah, stats in the sack department. So uh, I think I'm actually going to start with what I was going to end with. Um, the Steelers had 52 sacks this past season. Yeah. Um, do we know which position group actually had the most? Outside linebacker. What do you think, Brian? It would have to be. Uh, no, you know, it, it can't be. Um, it, it's, defense, it's defensive line. It's, it's it would be defensive line, yeah, because just because <laughs> of how many that Hayward had, six and a half by Hargrave. Um, two, it had like four or five, because when you're looking at, outside linebackers it was watt with 12 and hardly anybody else uh you're correct it is the defensive line by one and the difference of that one was uh daniel mccullers had a sack <laughs> Big Dan. so yeah we had outside linebacker 20 defensive line 21 inside linebacker eight defensive back two and one uncredited sack that i for the life of me can't remember it um, I was hoping Brian could because we watched the game together. It was against Oakland. It was a fumble that Mike Hilton recovered, but it was not credited to any player on the Steelers, but it was a sack. Huh. Bud Dupree. No, I mean, it, it wasn't given to anybody, but yeah, I, I but couldn't even I, think of the play. I'm pretty sure it was Bud Dupree. So if if for some reason that would somehow get credited to someone, I couldn't find it in either pro football reference or through Yahoo stats or anything like that. I could not find that particular play credited to anybody. Well, so, I had uh, some good pass rush in that game, and I'm pretty sure that's who it was, yeah. Dave. All right. Sounds good. Um, but I don't know if they officially credited it with them or not or what the deal was behind that. So um, that's one of the things we could look into. But uh, do we know the last game the Steelers played in which they did not have a sack? Is it this year? Against New Orleans? It was not in 2018. Hmm. Was it 2017? It was in 2017. And it does not hurt their regular season sack streak. Because it was the divisional loss against Jacksonville. Oh, there was okay. no sacks in that game. But then again, they That's had to right. actually pass the ball 
um, in order for you to to sack them, which was surprising that they had a sack earlier in the year against Jacksonville when when they only threw one pass in the second half. Um, but they did get one in the first half, at least in that one. Um, but their last regular season game without a sack uh, goes back to 2016. And that was against the Patriots, which now gives them a, um, a 41 regular, uh, 40, uh, 41 game regular season stat streak, or sack streak right now, which is the second active longest streak in the NFL. Do we know which team has the current longest streak in the NFL with at least one sack in a game? Los Angeles Rams? No. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Um, it's not going to be who you think. They're, they're, let's just say this streak goes back so long that the last game that they had um, – that they didn't have a sack was against the St. Louis Rams. And uh, it just so happens to be the team with the number one pick in the draft. The Cardinals. Wow. The Arizona Cardinals would be the team that would have the longest active streak of, of at least one sack in a game with 52, but that's, that's who it is. So, uh, but they, um, a lot of those teams in that, with, that's that's in the thirty or more range. Didn't actually have winning records, but uh, we'll move on. How um, many of those guys, Dave, were ex Steelers? That's a good question. I didn't actually look at who got their sacks. I just looked at what the streak was. But that would be a great question because isn't three quarters of their team ex Steelers? <laughs> um, so probably, I, I would say at least a couple. Um, do we know what the longest? Uh, streak is in franchise history of consecutive games with a sack. And this does go back um, back into 1940, although they did not do it as an individual player stat. They did do it as a team stat. So the don't Steagles? think. No, it doesn't go back that far. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying some people are like, oh, well, they've only been counting sacks since. Uh, oh, what year did they start where they officially made it a, a stat? I think 72 or 70. No, um, I think 76, 77. Yeah, it, it's somewhere there. Somewhere around they, there. Have, they have team stats that go back further. So I didn't want that to throw you off because I'll tell you that it's pre-1970. And it actually goes back to a streak of 44. So they're almost to it. If they can, if they can get through the first quarter of the season coming up with a sack in each game, they would break the streak. And that is from December of 1963 through September of 1967, um, which kind of surprised me because that's not a time that the Steelers were known for much defense at all. Um, do we know what the, what the record is for the Steelers for the, um, for for the most sacks in a single game, four nine. No, I mean not 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 a player, but as a team, oh. nine. I was gonna say eight. It's against it Cincinnati. They got nine back in like ninety one or something. Well, in ninety two against Cincinnati, um, and in ninety six against Cincinnati, um, was one of the four games in which they had ten. Wow. They have gotten to 10. So, but uh, the most recent was in 2001. Um, and that was, that was in Tampa Bay uh, where they, where they had 10 um, in that game. 
in, in that game, Joey Porter had four and Kimo von Olhoffen had three. Um, the, um, in 1997 at Arizona, when they had 10, that was actually 10 by eight different players. Uh, Carnell Lake had three and then everyone else pretty much had, I think someone might've had one and a half and someone had a half, but pretty much everyone else just had one. That was an overtime game too. That was a great game. Yeah. Um, do we know what the record is for the number of sacks by a player in a game? Since Jeff wanted to throw that out there. Is it four? I believe it's five. Um, are we doing prices right? Close if we're doing prices over. right, then it's four. No, it's four and a half. Four and a half. <laughs> I win. Close yeah, it's four and a half. That was in a 10-sack game. That was uh, one of the games um, against Cincinnati, and that would be Chad Brown. The Chad, the Chad Brown had uh, four and a half in, in a game. The Blitzburg defense. Yep. So there was a couple other times where there was where there was four, and like Joey Porter had one that was four. Um, this past season, um, who were the three Steelers players to have multiple sacks in a game? Who were the three Steelers players to have multiple sacks in a they game? Had multiple sacks in a game. TJ Watt. That is correct. Uh, Cam Hayward. Javon. That is, that is correct. And Brian. And Javon, and Javon Hargrave. And Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave had one. And TJ Watt and Cam Hayward each had three different games in which they had multiple sacks. Studs. So, yep. Um, now, now sitting up the Steelers this year, um, by going over 50 sacks again this year, that is now nine times, nine times that they have, um, that they've, they've recorded 50 or more sacks in a season that has them tied for third in NFL history. What other two franchises, uh, have more sacks? Has have more fifty sack seasons than the Steelers. Huh. Um. What do you think, Brian? Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings were up there, but they, I think, they were one of the ones that had eight. There was two teams that had eight, and I'm pretty sure they were one of them. But they weren't more than the Steelers, so I didn't even write them down. How about the Saints? Um, the the Saints, I, I don't even know if they were on the radar. I'm thinking the Ricky Jackson days. I mean, mm-hmm. back York, in the New York Giants. Yeah, there's some people saying uh, Giants in the live chat, but it was yeah. not. The Giants were one of the teams that had eight. I knew that for sure. Uh, How about the Jets? Well, we are we are going all around it. Why don't you just tell <laughs> us? I can just tell you. Well, they were t- the, the team that they are tied with. Um, with oh with oh Warren. oh. Wait, Buffalo. <laughs> no, nope. no. Because I'll be honest with you. Um, the the team that they're tied with with nine. The last time they had fifty sacks in a season was nineteen eighty six, and that would be the um, Los Angeles or Oakland Raiders. Hmm. That they also have nine of them, but like I said, their last one was in was in '86. Uh, the the team that has the most, their last one was in 2008, and that would be unfortunately with 11, the Dallas Cowboys. And the team that is in second, uh, where their last one was in 2011, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. So, uh, the Steelers next season, if they can get 50 sacks again, could move up into a tie with in second, if unless Philly also does the same. So. 
I don't see. So I, don't good. See, I don't see any reason why the Steelers won't be over fifty again next year. I don't either. With the, with who they're bringing back now, Dave? Are, is that all your questions? Uh, that is the stats that I have for. I this. can't believe you didn't ask the most basic one. Now, you guys probably know this. At what year did a sack become an official NFL statistic? We were just talking about that. I... <laughs> we we were guessing a seventy-seven. Yeah. No, 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 no. What was it? I was I was talking yeah. to people in the live chat. Yeah. So it's nineteen eighty two. Eighty two. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. But, but that's when it became an official stat uh official player stat, correct? Right. Yeah. Because they, they counted them as a team. Um well, I don't know if they counted them before that or if they just went back and gave, you know, statistically looked up historically to, you know, you know, team sacks and everything. They go back May I throw a stat a what if stat sack a sack stat at you, <laughs> and if uh, if stats were earlier than that, who would have the record for the most stats sacks in a Super Bowl? And it's a Steeler. Oh, um, I don't know. Elsie Greenwood. Yes. What yeah. year? I don't know. Super Bowl ten. He had four. That's seventy five. Yeah, 70, yeah. Uh, 76, uh, January 76, but 75 yeah. season. Yeah. The old old gold shoes. <laughs> Hollywood bags, they called them. That guy was awesome. May he rest in peace. Okay, uh, Dave, you want to say something to the masses out there? Go ahead. Yes, if you, if, if you like the, the whole notion of the stats and the, and the quizzing and throwing out impressive stats, or if you're curious about any stats, uh, I'm in the process of, of starting an article series. I'm hoping it'll be a series, but that's kind of up to you all, uh, where I will be fielding stat questions from the BTCS community. Uh, I, in there, I'll, I'll just have it. You could email them to me or whatever. And if you want to send out a question, what are they saying that has you guys laughing so bad, but uh, here in the next few days, they will, they'll be the first article of, uh, of ask the stat geek. Um, and then I'll throw out a bunch of crazy numbers in order to answer a question. I hate to make fun of you, but, uh, we're not going to call you dyslexic Dave, because, uh, what did I say this time? The BTCS, <laughs> BTCS community. Hey, uh, come <laughs> on. Behind the curtain deal. Are you seriously going to make fun of my dyslexia? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's yeah, a, great. Nice. All right, I'm out. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, that's what you said. I said that's B- where we left. BT, D- BTCS? Yes. Yes. Yeah. BT, what is it? It's our spinoff website. Yes. <laughs> So, you, I, yeah. I apologized to anybody offended. It just it, it was alliteration. I had to do it. There's, there's Brian's one apology for the, every episode. He gets <laughs> I'm one, the one Antonio one. Brown of BTSC. Yeah, BTCS with uh with 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 Jimmy Butler and um who who was the who was the, the tight end last week. What's Jeremy that? Bruner? Is that what it no, was? No, Jay. I said Jay Bruner. Jay Bruner. Yeah, you know what? Okay, now I figured out you were thinking of Jay Buner from the yeah. Seattle. Yeah. That's what I Seattle thought. Mariners. Well, I there told you, you why I was thinking Jay. It was yeah, from Jeremy Tooman. He was my favorite. No, he wasn't. Uh, okay. Very good. So let's go on to the previous portion of the episode, and that is when we're talking about outside linebackers. We finished offense, and I've been looking forward to getting to defense because when you get over to the defensive side, that's where the main issues are. 
And I, I don't think that in the offensive, we, we talked about the offensive line and potential change over there with Ramon Foster. We talked about the tight ends. We talked about Antonio Brown, all that stuff. We talked about the backup quarterbacks, but really nothing is pertinent. You get to the defensive side, you have some really, really good talking points for next season. And, and I thought that what the best, what better place to start than with the outside linebackers? I still to this day cannot believe that last year the Pittsburgh Steelers carried just three outside linebackers on their active roster and got away with it basically until when was Ola Adenia activated from the uh, injured reserve? It was like, like what week, week 15 or yeah, something it was late. like it that. Was late. I mean, it was incredible. I, I, I was stunned. You know, we do our predictions for the 53 man roster as training camps going down to seven. Every time I'd have four because they'd always kept four and they only kept three. I mean, I was stunned because you're not only putting a lot of pressure on TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, but Anthony Chiquillo is your only backup. My goodness. So, Let's talk about the the roster as it is right now. Uh, TJ Watt, he's going to be entering his third year, so there's nothing to worry about there. He'll be back. Bud Dupree, they did pick up his fifth-year option, although we talked about this before we went on the air. There's a good chance that the Steelers will try to sign him to a new deal, maybe to an, uh, an extension of some sort, so that they avoid paying him the nine-plus million, which he would get on the fifth-year option. It would help with the salary cap. Bud Dupree, has, I thought he was better this year from the other side you guys might disagree but i thought he was better and then after that you have anthony chiquillo that is a free agent not sure what's going to happen with him you have ola adenia still on the roster they re-signed keon adams brian who else did they have in their ragtag group of depth chart losers <laughs> so i really only have one because if i'm not mistaken robert spillane and keith kelsey are both inside linebackers that's what i believe it's uh kind of hard to find online with that because they're just labeling them as um linebackers but a uh a confirmed outside linebacker and it might just rival frank webb oh boy it's our good friend to gray scales <laughs> All right. I know well, Dave's, we're... Dave's getting ready to buy a scales jersey. And uh, so he <laughs> could be the Ola Adenyi or the Frank Webb of 2019. Any I, chance I... I can get that jersey is a bumblebee because the only one I got is AB, and it looks like that's not going to be any good anymore. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny that you say that, Brian, because I, I always write articles when the Steelers sign a player to their 90 man roster, their offseason roster. A lot of times it's just a blip on the radar, but. I, I always have to remind myself that Mike Hilton was one of these guys at one time and everyone put a said, Oh, there's just another camp body, a cornerback. And next thing you know, he's one of the most prolific uh, slot cornerbacks in the NFL and is about to hit a pretty big payday. So keep that in mind, not, not to look down upon those that might not be as known as others. So guys, first question, Anthony Chiquillo, do you keep him or do you let him walk? Dave, we'll start with you. Um, I'm, he's just a guy. I mean, in my opinion, he's as much for special teams or anything. It's, I, he's a guy that if he wants to come back cheap, that's fine. But I don't even want him as my number three. I'd rather have him as the number four. If you're going to keep him around, you, you need to have someone, um, I, I know they, they just, they are in love with him there. But I think it would be nice to have somebody else of a little bit higher quality in that third spot than, than him. Brian, what do you think? I mean, I'd keep him for his hair alone. But 
you know, really uh, let them test and reel them back in if you need to, but don't uh, overextend yourself when you have to uh, look other places. I mean, I don't know how uh, how much of a market there is for uh, for Anthony, but you never know. I I think you know the same thing we were talking about. You know, uh, last week with Jesse James, definitely keep him, throw some money at him, but you don't have to go out of your way for it. Um, there's a good chance that uh, you could pull him back in without doing way too much. Yeah, I say you let him test the waters, see what he's, see what he might draw in free agency, and then you're willing to say, okay, we might give you, you know, give you a team-friendly deal if you don't get anything out there that's better than what we want. But if, if he goes somewhere else, he goes somewhere else. Like Dave said, he's just a guy. Well, yeah, here's the other thing, Brian. I hate to disappoint you, but uh, I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter uh, he was at a – was it like a Tampa Bay hockey game? Yeah. Lady. With, with uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't have the hair. Really? Uh, I, thought the hair I thought the hair was trimmed. Wow. You can't do that. No, no, yeah, now he's gone. Get rid thought, of him. We've got the grayscales. That's all I've got to say. I thought he had it pulled back, but I could be Dave could be right. So anyway. I'm just saying I couldn't I couldn't see the hair, so that's why I, I it, it could have been pulled back. Okay. So it then you look at Keon Adams, Ola. I think Ola Adenier has a spot this year unless he has some huge setback where all of a sudden he can't play the position any longer. Um Keon Adams, everyone's waiting for him to finally make that turn the corner and be the dynamic player they think he can be. The question now is, if you're going to attack the outside linebackers, do you do it in free agency? Do you do it in the draft or you do it in both? I don't need specific names, although, Brian, your article is coming out tomorrow, which is our free agent watch for the outside linebackers. So, Brian, we'll start with you. If you're going to attack this position, and you might say, let's just keep it as is. There's no need to really go out and get it. Do you attack it in the draft, the free agency, or both? You know what? Um, it just depends where you want to go with anything else. Um, and that's just that's a wishy-washy answer. But with the whole Antonio Brown thing going out there, you just don't know what kind of money you're going to have or what you're going to have to do in the draft. That's uh, really hanging. And uh hurting preparation right now but there's guys like an anthony barr shaq barrett and for me we talked about a guy that you know i kind of like i still i still like uh i still like alvin bud dupree however you mentioned mike hilton earlier and mike hilton was available in the 2015 draft and they went with an old miss corner um in the second round named Senquez Golson. So they got the wrong teammate. And now I'm looking at the free agent watch and I know they took Bud in the first round, but in the fourth round, the Ravens took Zadarius Smith outside linebacker from the same place, Kentucky. So maybe they, uh, they, they righted the ship by taking uh, Mike Hilton. Maybe they right the ship by uh, offering some money to Zadarius Smith, who has 18 and a half sacks in four years. And, um, and a good-looking eight-and-a-half last year. That, and he's a Baltimore Raven. I would go after a guy like that. Um, he's 26. That would be a good place to go. What about you, Dave? What do you think? Well, I would love to say the outside linebacker would be a great place to try to, try to go out in free agency. But the problem is 
uh, the positions that command the most money are number one, the quarterback, number two, guys that rush the quarterback. So outside linebacker is one of the more expensive uh, positions out there salary wise. So as much as I would love to just say, go get someone in free agency, that's going to be expensive. Now, this would be the year that the Steelers could do it more than any other year, but it's not that they're loaded with tons of space in, in free agency to just go out and get anybody and everybody all over the place. But at the same time, um, they could. I could see them just trying to go, hey, let's try to keep it as cheap as possible and try to get someone in maybe, maybe even the second day of the draft. Yeah, I kind of agree with Dave, although some of those free agents are tempting and it would be great for them to at least entertain some of these players, kind of like they did with Donta Hightower a few years ago where they were seeing, you know, just testing the waters and trying to get their name, they're putting their name in the hat and seeing if they could maybe snag one of these guys. Uh, we'll see, but I think that outside linebacker is a position of need for sure, uh, at least in depth. And depth can be found in the draft, but it can also be found in free agency. I think that if you're going to go free agency, though, at outside linebacker, you got to make a splash. And you, when you say you got to make a splash, do you really want to do that when you have Bud Dupree locked up, unless they lose Bud Dupree? Uh, and TJ Watt, you know, it's, 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 do you need just depth or do you need playmakers? That's going to be a discussion to have as we get closer to, uh, you know, training, uh, training camp and all that stuff. So, uh, there you go. Outside linebackers, very, very thin. It's, it's really tough to watch sometimes because it's, it's not the same old three, four zone blitzing outside linebackers that they, they could drop into coverage so much. And, uh, don't always just get to pin their ears back like Lamar Woodley and James Harrison did, or you go back to Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd. Uh, it's a different position now, and then they think they can get away with just three on a roster. I'd be interested to see if uh, they try to do that again. You know, next year, just try to get away with three. So there you have that. Okay, guys, I do want to get your thoughts on one thing before we get to our either-or segment to finish out the show. And that is that reports, and this is still a report, mind you, Reports came out earlier this week that the Denver Broncos made a trade. And everyone knows who they traded for. They traded for Joe Flacco. And the reported trade was a, for a fourth-round draft pick. And they're picking up. The, the Ravens are eating, I want to say, $16 million, something like that, in dead money. They are going to get that fourth-round pick back. And the Broncos and John Elway have just been absolutely crucified by the mainstream media, media for this trade. Uh, quick, don't want to spend too much time on it. What were your thoughts on the trade? And I guess, do, do you think, well, because this trade could, this trade could fall through. It doesn't go official until the newly year in March. So Brian, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the Joe Flacco to Denver trade? Um, I don't really use this ever in text, but it was LOL. And it was a hearty chuckle, really. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, I couldn't understand, really. You've got Case Keenum right now, for my money, he's probably just really as good as that ordinary Joe. Um, I've got a buddy that's a Denver Broncos fan, and uh, he was devastated. He was like, I don't know what to do. He, he was completely uh, up in arms. So I, I, I laughed. Dave, what about you? If you're going to trade for Joe Flacco, wouldn't it make sense to actually have a situation where you really are struggling at quarterback where he would be an upgrade? He's 
not necessarily an upgrade over the Case Keenum. I mean, he could be. You could look at his his potential. I mean, if you're only going to look at his playoff streak that took him to the Super Bowl and screwed the Ravens franchise ever since because he commanded so much money because of uh, because of that run through the playoffs. Sure, you could get enamored with that, but I don't think that's the Joe Flacco that's out there anymore. I was shocked if someone was going to trade for him. I thought his landing spot would have been either Washington or Jacksonville. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. I, I don't think that Joe Flacco is as bad as everyone thinks. I don't think he's always had a lot of talent around him. Um, not sure if he's going to have that talent in Denver. Emmanuel Sanders is coming off of Achilles injury, so you don't know what that's going to be like. We'll see. We will see. So uh, let's get to our favorite segment, either or. And that's where we ask each other, you have to pick one or the other. What are you, what are you picking? We can go anywhere with this. And Brian showed us last week, literally anywhere. So uh, who, wa- who wants to go first tonight? You know, since I went last last week, I can go first this week. Okay. I'm so, scared already. You should be. Well, you already got the preview of it beforehand. <laughs> so I'm just going to go for it, Jeff. Now, actually, um, I'm actually going to do this in two parts. Um, and then we're going to have a finale. So I, I can't break it down to two. So I'm talking, we talked about music last week, you know, I'm a big music guy and, um, I want to talk about the heroes of rock bands and that's the front man. I'm not talking about the greatest bands. I'm talking about the greatest front men of all time. And I had two, and then I had two more that are going to come up. So we're going to break this down into two. So the first one, the first set will be Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones or Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. Oof. That's a tough one. Because uh, you're asking me just about the front man. You're not asking about whether I like the band more. No, the um, front, just the front man. I mean, you're talking, I'm talking the showman. Mick Jagger the, for me. I got to go with Mick Jagger. I just think he's such a showman. I mean, not to take anything away from Plant, but I mean, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin to me is a band that people know the other members. And while I know some of the members of the Rolling Stones, I don't know all of them. Everyone knows Mick Jagger. So I'm going to go with Mick Jagger. What about you, Dave? I'm also going to go with Mick Jagger because when I think of Led Zeppelin, I don't actually visualize the band. I, I, I just think of the music itself, but when it comes to the Rolling Stones, anytime I hear a song, I'm thinking about Mick Jagger performing it. So that's why I would go with Mick Jagger. Okay. For me, it's the lips, the strut, the whole package that Mick brings. So let's make it three. It's unanimous. The rooster. So, so Mick Jagger goes on to the finale. Now this is the original two. Now, the original two that I were going to bring up, who I consider the best two of all time, and I'm not going to say in what order. And this is actually a tough one for me. I don't even know where I'm going to go. But this guy's had a lot of play lately, especially with the movie coming out and the Oscars. So it's Freddie Mercury. Oh, I knew you were going here. God. Yeah, you've got to. I mean, really, what that guy was as a front man was just amazing. Oh, yeah. Or Diamond David Lee Roth of Van Halen. Oh, that's not even close. Are you serious? No, I, I'm dead serious. I think, th- in my mind, those are the two best. Uh, yeah, it's... Go ahead, Dave. You can answer first this time. 
I'm scared because I'm afraid that I'm going to say who you don't think it's who you think it is. But honestly, I would go with David Lee Roth. Oh, good Lord. You guys are Freddie Mercury is one of the greatest front men of all time. And just because he died early, he was a great singer, a great performer. Whether you liked his lifestyle or not is not important. No one. Well, I don't say it, no one, but I'm not sure if they, you put anyone up there with him. So I'm going to go Freddie Mercury. Look, guys, I love David Lee Roth. I think he is one of the ultimate showmen. But, Jeff, you said it best. It's Freddie Mercury for me. So let's go ahead and uh, take Freddie all the way to the finals against Mick Jagger. I still have to go with Freddie Mercury because Freddie Mercury was, as, as someone that has a singing background, he had such a register. He was such a phenomenal singer. And Mick Jagger is not a bad singer, but he's not Freddie Mercury. And so Freddie Mercury, in my opinion, did almost everything that Mick Jagger did as a frontman and combined it with incredible vocals, whereas I, that, it's Freddie Mercury for me. Dave? Uh, yeah, I'm going to kind of surprise you there because when, when Brian first brought up the question before he gave us any choices, uh, David Lee Roth is who came into my mind. But if you're talking between Mick Jagger and Freddie Mercury, because I thought Roth and Mercury were right there, basically even. So I'm definitely between those two. I'm going to go with Freddie Mercury as well. Brian? I've got to go with Freddie Mercury. Um, really, Live Aid, I remember watching Live Aid, and then Live Aid's getting a lot of play with the movie. And they did a great job with the movie matching Live Aid, you know, basically shot for shot and on the dvd that has just come out they have the full live aid performance and the full, full movie live aid the unedited performance and i can't wait to see it i just think freddie just that band without freddie up front you can have the same songs they're they're, they're not they're not even a hit they're not gonna chart um, it's really Freddie who sold it. The guy was just an amazing front man. But I will ask you a question real quick. Um, so if we had Mick Jagger against David Lee Roth, we're probably going David Lee Roth there, right? D Dave, you are. I would. No. And I would too. No, Mick Jagger. So I've, I love Mick, but I Mick, would go Dave. Mick Jagger's a legend. I do not put David Lee Roth in the legend category. Wow, I, that's what I, I, Van Halen for me was too wishy washy. They had too many front men. They lost a lot of credence. Like I mean, it's just no, no good. Wow, that's I thought that I don't like their music. I yeah, do. Like I, music. I see what you're saying. You're because Roth was not with the same group the whole time. Then Sammy Hagar, and then who was the yeah. dude from Damn Yankees that came by for? Uh, it wasn't Damn Yankees. It was Extreme <laughs> Gary Sharon. <laughs> Saying yeah. I love you. Remember Extreme more than <laughs> I words? I do. They're only hit. Now, uh, I, I do. I sang that song at my brother's wedding. There you go. You sang that song. Oh man, I want the video of that. Forget Live Aid. I want the Schofield <laughs> wedding. Actually, video. actually, I sang that song with my brother at his wedding. Oh, I want my that. Sister played guitar. Yeah, with that my my brother, my my brother sang at his own wedding. I sang at my own wedding. That's go. incredible. I sang at my own wedding too, but it was karaoke afterwards. And <laughs> in fact, I'm not kidding. Karaoke at a wedding—that's a show that ke that keeps the wedding going longer. But I did pull some ligaments 
in the uh, in my foot, and I had to be in an air cast for about four weeks, and I was completely sober. That's the best part. Not a drop to drink, but I uh, I hurt myself. Ironically, doing the song hurts so good. <laughs> At your own story. wedding? At my own wedding. True story. Uh, my I at my best friend's wedding when I was the best man, uh, when someone who was uh, my size, which is really hard to find someone else my size, when we were bouncing off each other to House of Pain's Jump Around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are learning a lot about each other tonight. Okay, so I'm going to go with mine next. Mine is simple. It's not multifaceted. It's on a bracket tournament like Brian's. We talked about food last week. They asked me McDonald's or Burger King a couple weeks ago. And with it being Valentine's Day, I thought it would be appropriate to say, if you had to choose, are you choosing sweet or salty? So are you someone that goes for the chips? Or are you someone that goes for the candy? Dave, we'll start with you. Um, oh, my goodness. Um and we can't, don't say both. I know sweet and salty oh, together are amazing. Favorite are the two together. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a completely different crave, craving, but I'm, I'm going to go sweet over salty in a, in a very, very narrow way. Um, also depends on the time of day, but yeah, I would just say like, it's only because right now that it's at night, I would go sweet over salty. Okay, Brian. I once ate ice cream in 18 below zero weather in 1994 in Johnstown, Pennsylvania on the street. And I'm not kidding. Um, so for, for me, it's always sweet, but by a nose, because I love my popcorn. I love, I love anything, but really sweet. Sour Patch Kids, I go nuts. I, if I could adopt Sour Patch Kids, I would. Well, there you go. I, I too have a sweet tooth and that would be for me. I don't eat a lot of that stuff, but if I do have to choose, it's definitely going to be the sweet over the salty. So Dave, well, I was going to say, if, if you look at, if you remember when I talked about my Super Bowl party and I was making my cookie dough dip, uh, which is very sweet and fantastic. I always was trying to find the right stuff to use to dip it other than just a spoon. And uh, all I would use graham crackers and everything else found that the best thing possible by far is is mini pretzels adding that sweet and salty sweet together and salty. that's the best yeah so oh man but my, mine's gonna we we need to say brian for the end every week because mine just is gonna be <laughs> kind of a dud but you know what i'm gonna go tournament style because i had another one that i wanted to throw in so i'm gonna do your tournament style and i kind of hinted at this at the beginning with my intro when i said what i was doing with my family earlier in the week while we were inside during the snow slash sleet slash freezing rain and that was let's go board games we're going to go classic board games. We're going to go tournament style. So we're going to do 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 one head to head. Uh, we're going to go with the classic Monopoly versus the strategic Risk. Oh, both of those take way too long. Um, I'll go with Monopoly personally because that's just we didn't have we had Risk, never really played it. So we'll go with Monopoly. We just purchased Golden Girls Monopoly in my house. We haven't oh. opened it yet, but that's uh, that was a gift for my wife. But it was after Christmas. So it was 50% off. Um, I love Risk. I just got it for my son for his birthday. We haven't played uh, – no, excuse me, for Christmas. We haven't played it yet, but it's got to be Monopoly all the way. All right. Well, I'll – well, so Monopoly will move on, but I'll throw Risk in there just because um, I've had – I've. 
I've never had a game of risk thrown across the room before. And I will say that with Monopoly, probably more often than not, that was the outcome. So Dave, I don't want to interrupt. Brian, you might know this. You, Brian, you were a Seinfeld fan, right? Yeah. The was Ukraine it, is yeah. weak this week. <laughs> was that was it risk or were they playing another game? Risk. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, don't, you don't want the Ukraine. The Ukraine is weak. They're, yeah, Ukraine is weak. It's all you weak. <laughs> so that's what I think of when I think of risk. Yes. The Ukraine is weak. So, all right. So let's come in from the other side. Let's go a little bit more, more, more classic. We're going to go with the, um, the original, not the reboot that is so ridiculous. I can't even play it. Uh, the original game of life versus the game of intrigue of clue clue clue, clue 50 times over i love that game it was so much fun clue i really have nothing else to say just clue oh <laughs> that's great because mine is also clue i enjoy life um just to throw it in there every once in a while um i usually just get to the end and and try to try to just go on to the, on the one number sometimes i say why can't i just do it to start because i'm not going to try to win it at the end otherwise um if i you know last time i i went for the seven hit the six oh well but uh no with with clue uh that i my daughter's 10 years old and i've taught her how to play clue my way because so now she's can actually give me a run for my money but it's it's pretty ruthless in our house i mean my mom tried to jump in and play a game with us uh, over Super Bowl weekend, and it was pretty bad because she's wondering, why in the world are you writing down something every time anybody shows anything or says the word pass? Because we keep very extensive notes with very specialized symbols and can figure out an awful lot of stuff with Clue <laughs> as we go. So I, so I, so I, I'm going Clue there. So therefore, therefore, we have, let's see how we go with Clue matched up against Monopoly. Clue. Clues you know what? A lot faster. I, well, but does it hold your attention better? I mean, I know it's faster, but you just enjoy Clue better, or just, I've, you just I've never. Get I don't think I've ever finished a game of Monopoly. Okay. In my life. Oh, I have. Um, let me let me tell you a story real quick before I give my answer. So, in 1984, my best friend and I, and we are still best friends to this day. We uh, it was a summer night. It was right before we were going to eighth grade, and we found an old Clue um, board, and we decided to change it to a game we called Mystery in the Middle School, and we drew pictures of all the teachers, <laughs> of, of six teachers, and we drew funny pictures. Did you change we the weapons? Parts. We changed the weapons to like the chalk. Uh, like the, the eraser the eraser and and stuff like that and we had the rooms of the school and we oh, played mystery in the middle school a lot a good one stab them with a compass yeah so we had stuff like that and so just about two years ago i told my son about it and he made his own clue game just with uh with people he knew and just like or celebrities that he liked and stuff like that and it was actually pretty funny so um I think Clue is just a fantastic game. I love Monopoly. I'm so torn here. I want to go Clue, but I played Monopoly so much more, so Monopoly. All right, Brian, you are now officially given the task of making the Pittsburgh Steelers Clue game. <laughs> uh, we need to have different different players. Um, 
to, to go with that one. But uh, my, my answer is, is, is got to be Clue. I, I love it. Uh, sometimes it could take a long time. When you got more than three players, it can really get tough to, to figure out some stuff. But, uh, but even if it takes a while for the game, as soon as you're done, you're ready to go around and play another one right then. I've never had that feeling with Monopoly before. So it looks like Clue is our big winner. Absolutely. So, all right, that was a good round of either or. We like to do that at the end of every week. It's getting longer, but that's not necessarily bad. So make sure that everyone that's listening or watching out there, if you didn't know we had a YouTube channel, you can check us out on YouTube. Search BTSE Steelers Radio. Like, subscribe. We appreciate you sharing everything that you can. Also on all our audio podcasting platforms, that's Stitcher, that's uh, iTunes, Google Play, my favorite, Spotify, all you got to do is search Steelers, and you'll find the Behind the Steel Curtain logo. That's our podcast platform. Subscribe, like, and we appreciate all the support there. As always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, BTSC, not BTCS, is your one-stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers Preview.